This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision-crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Well, good morning, everyone at GTC. Zucchino Weeks in studio. Little wet, rainy morning here in the GTA. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, good morning. Little lightning and thunder in the forecast as well, so that's... uh... Stay indoors. Although, I got to say, now we wrapped up Golf Talk Canada Television this week for the season, with the exception of our Christmas special where you and I give away a brand new car. No. <laughs> we'll be like Oprah for the Christmas special. Yeah, you get a car. Look and under you your chair. <laughs> <laughs> you get a golf ball. You get, you a, get golf a golf ball. ball. That's about it. You get a golf ball. This week looks like we're going to get another spike. Like, here we go with some good weather again. Maybe this is the last hurrah the next yeah. six, seven days. Except for me, I am going out to Cabot Links and for the right. uh, RBC scramble and the uh, forecast high on Thursday, that which is, is the first right. day, is uh, eight. Eight. A balmy eight. With yeah. like 25 kilometer an hour winds. Well, so. I, you know, I love it out there. I love the people. I love the golf course. It's a very special place in this country to go play golf. Um, but July's th- a lot better. I was going to say this time of year, <laughs> you're pushing the envelope. Now. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun. Hardy golfers out there. Now we must start today's show and we've got a good show for you. We're going to obviously have some skelly time. Winners weird and what Allison Metcalf was the vice president of tourism, Ireland. Uh, we spoke to her this week. We just like to welcome, welcome tourism, Ireland to the show. He's jumping on board in 2019. So I had an opportunity to speak to Allison of everything that is Irish golf and, uh, I, uh, Tourism Ireland, so she'll be by. We've got some, obviously, some final conversation and chat on what went down in Paris. Ugh, ugh. Boy, what that's, you know what's amazing? What went down in Paris is one story, but the f- stuff that happened afterwards is even more well, entertaining. It's, it's ridiculous, Bob, because it's not that Europe has, has never lost this thing in the last 25 years. They've lost. They lost two years ago. Right. When they lose, they don't self-implode and and basically have like this this soap opera that plays out immediately in the in the public eye but it seems like team usa just can't resist can they well we can delve into that it's an ex- interesting uh, conversation isn't it? it certainly is uh but we must uh, lead off today's show before we get to news and headlines before we get to anything going on in the world of golf team weeksino which we've been <laughs> named bob and i team weeksino once again, victorious, we are undefeated. Adam Scully, he keeps recruiting these young, strong, strapping lads just like himself to try to take down the two crafty old left-handers. <laughs> and once again, at his own home club, too. He's got home club advantage. Beautiful Bayview. Country Beautiful club. Bayview. Thank you very much, Dustin Curtailer, as well. Bayview in tremendous shape. Always enjoyable to be at Bayview. I love you know, I don't know how many years ago now it was they did the changes, but that change to 17 and 18, oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Man, what a finish that what is. What a big Those difference. Holes. Yep, what a big difference. Uh, two holes that we won, by the way. Uh, we Bob have an, sneaks we have one in on really 17. Well, we? Yeah, yeah. we played every other hole. You <laughs> yeah. take this one, I'll, I'll well, rest. I think you may have played like 14, and I may have I don't know, four. Bob. I think, no. I think we have an egg pretty good. But uh, Scully, come on, wake up back there. Get, get, get on. I know we're going to have Scully time later, but come on here and accept your defeat, your crushing defeat. And we got we met uh, Adam's father. I met uh, for the first time, which yes. I've never met. Which, yes, I which went was to school good. with his mom. Yes, I know. It makes me feel really old. 
Now, now, were you surprised that my dad wasn't six foot five? Like I me, was. Or? Yeah. <laughs> I was very surprised. <laughs> I know your father was quite an athlete, though. Yes. I do know that. Yes, he's the yes. most natural skater I will ever see in my life. There so, you go. You know. So, uh, any call, well, like, I know we're going to have Scully time later in the show, but Bob and I would like to give you the opportunity uh, to discuss your losses to the old guys this <laughs> to year. To grovel. You, yeah. know, <laughs> you, know, team, uh, you know, Team Week Sino went out and played strong, uh, you know, but uh, Team Recoil, as I'm calling uh, Nick Obrich and I from TaylorMade, uh, we swing as hard as we humanly can. Yes, it's true. I, I don't know if I've ever played with two guys on the same team, you and Nick, that are 120% on everything. Like, that's a sand wedge, Adam. <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh, but but as, as you guys said, Bayview is in great shape right now, so the rough is very lush, and when you swing as hard as you can, you don't mm. hit the fairway very much, right. and as I found out, I missed the fairway by about four or five yards twice and couldn't get uh, full club on the ball. Yes, my, so. my drives of 197 yards down the middle look pretty good compared to your 300-yard drives but, in the rough, right? But I must say, uh, Bob nearly holing out on 17 at Bayview <laughs> on camera, on film that I Nick got. My best. Highlight of the week. Highlight of the week. Right <laughs> now, there. I will say this. Uh, Nick's listening. Nick's always listening. So, Oh, by the way, happy anniversary, Nick. Nick Orbitz told it. Big anniversary this Ten week. Years. Wow. Ten years with his wife. That's wonderful. Nick, I see the rematch. The rematch, guys, I think is roughly about seven to eight weeks out at Tory Pines. Ooh, wow! All right, so we're gonna okay. we're gonna let you guys have another crack at us at Tory. And if you think driving accuracy is important at Bayview, wait till you see the rough we've, at uh, Tory. Why it's seven or eight weeks in the distance is we've told them to set the course up <laughs> to favor right. us, yeah. just like the Europeans. That's right. <laughs> yeah, all the fairways are gonna be fourteen to sixteen yards yep, wide. That's it. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. All right, uh, Bob. Let's jump into this. Let's uh, do some. News and headlines. News and headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and seven U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines, flying refined. Well, Bob, speaking of Ryder Cup fallout, uh, potential lawsuit on the horizon from the lady who was unfortunately hit and struck with a tee shot from Brooks Kepka. Uh, punctured her eye socket. She, they're suggesting now that she she may not ever get sight again back in that eye. Uh, and now the liability discussion starts. And and you and I have had this discussion before. You know, it, to a certain degree, right on the ticket it says when you buy the ticket. Yeah. But uh, I think there's there's a gray area here that that her lawyers have kind of opened up a can of worms on in terms of what happened after she got hit. Okay, so in the terms of how she yes, that there was after. no one there to attend to her. It was a mob mentality. Uh, photo uh, photos being taken, videos like a social media thing. Like there was no one there to, I guess you know, react to this. And I'm wondering, and I love your opinion on the sense that, okay, yes, on the ticket it says that this could happen, but is there not a assumed? Uh, I guess an assumed uh, responsibility on behalf of, of the people running the event that there would that there would be a, a, some type of medical assistance available. Yeah, on I, know, I, I would think so. The other thing that always bugs me about this is you never well you hear it a little bit, but not often enough. You don't hear the players or the caddies whatever yelling for. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that would have helped in this situation right. when you got forty thousand or how many people That's, were around it, yes. there, right? But you don't you know you hear you see the point. But I, I think you got to yell. And I think there's a responsibility. I, I will tell you a story. This year, playing golf at my course, I hit somebody. 
And it's the scariest feeling to, because I knew this ball about halfway in the air was going to hit this guy. It was a long story. but So you didn't wait for the par three to click? <laughs> yeah, well, no. <laughs> I, and I yelled four, 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 and this guy kind of protected himself. Right. And, and he did get hit, and it was it was a pretty good hit, I think. Anyway, he's, mm-hmm. he kept playing, so it couldn't have been that bad. But, boy, it's it shook me up for yeah. a while. And I can tell you, like, the thoughts of me sitting there thinking, I wonder if this guy had hit him in the head. What if this had hit him? In, you know, anywhere else or something. But anyway. I've hit two people before in my life. That's one in the last right? couple of years uh, happened in a member guest, and one many, many years ago. I was like a teenager. Right. Hit a, hit a cart. Uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Hit a driveway and got somebody off the hop on the driveway. So thank right. God it landed first. Right? Yeah. But I know what you're saying. It's a scary th- feeling, and you don't want to do any damage. I was on uh, t- uh, TSN 1050 this week with Gareth Wheeler, and Gareth uh, wanted to quickly chat about this. Uh, saying, do, do changes need to be made? And that, listen, you, I don't think you're ever going to make it to the point where this is, you know, can't happen. Right. But there's a couple of things I think common sense could do. One of them is I don't know. Do you remember seeing the BMW this this year with the one where uh, uh, Justin Rose gagged it down the stretch, but backed into number one? Th- those grandstands on 18 were like 10 feet off the putting surface. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. It was it was so on Very top. Of, I remember verbalizing to Heather, going, "Do you believe? How, like this is ridiculous, right?" And we're just talking about the Ryder Cup here. You're talking about like 40,000 people sitting on one hole. It's a drivable par four. You got guys hitting, you know, trying to nail the green from 300 yards away. The dispersion on that shot is a little greater than a guy on a par three. I think you got to think a little better (laughs) on how, you know, you let them kind of. Yeah. Here's one other quick story that involves the Ryder Cup. So at, uh, at Medina. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday morning. I was at uh, Medina. Okay, yeah. so Sunday morning, we're out in our cart, and we're thinking, this is going to be an easy day. You know, we basically got the story written, U.S. wins, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and yeah rip that up. So, that, <laughs> yeah, that tournament was held at the same time as the uh, the NHL lockout. There was a strike going on. Okay. So there was a bunch of NHL players who were friends of mine who were there. Scotty Upshaw was there, and Joffrey Lupul was yep. there, and Shane O'Brien so we had this cart, and and you couldn't see anything, of course. As you know, the Ryder Cup is the worst event to go to. to yes. You actually want to watch golf. Yes. So the boys came over, and they were standing on our cart. So we had about four or five people standing on this cart. And Joffrey Lupul was standing right in front of me. And it was a drivable par four. And I'll never forget, Keegan Bradley is on the tee, and he hits a shot. And all of a sudden, you do hear 4-4. Four, four, and I heard Lupul go, oh, it's right at us. It's right at us. And he moved his head literally about four inches to the left. And the ball went right by, may have grazed his ear. And I'm thinking, if he doesn't move his head. Oh, if he's not paying attention. The Leafs are down a centerman. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever, or whatever position Lord. he played. I can't remember. But that's yeah. how close, again, like, you know, it could, it's so easy to get hit. Just to put a period on this, because we got to get moving yeah. here. Um, a woman was also hit this week at the uh, yeah, at the, Dun, at the Dunhill Links uh, on the European Tour, and she was beating profusely from the forehead. So this is happening, and uh, maybe uh, maybe you know we'll just start s- netting them. Start taking a look at this uh, quickly. Bud Cully back in action after the car accident. Bud Cully had a terrible car accident at Memorial last year. Made his first start back, and nice to see him. He was really racked up, uh, collapsed lung, six broken ribs, and mm. it was a serious car. Yeah, accident. but good to see him back playing again. Uh, LPG Tour suspended today because of a tight. Typhoon? UL think, Crowns yes. is uh, not going to play on Saturday because of the that's their team match, but it involves like about eight teams or something. And the former, I believe he was an Oakland A's pitcher, Mark Mulder. Is that correct, Adam? Was he uh, Adam? Was Mark Mulder an Oakland A's pitcher? Did I get that correct? I think so. Yes. Thumbs up. Yes. Thanks, okay. guys. So the Oakland. Did you know that? 
Yeah. Oh, you did know no, he was a – no, okay. Because I don't follow baseball. <laughs> I wouldn't know, right? But uh, I knew he was a pitcher. Yep. Uh, played in the Safeway. Had a good opening round. Had a good opening round. Actually beat Adam Hadwin, a few of the guys. Oh, he said boy. He said he was more nervous on the first tee there than he was on the mound for his first professional baseball game. Wow. Well, we, we'll do more leaderboards and updates on uh, the Safeway and all worlds of golf later on the show. Six of our eight Canadians made the cut at the Safeway Open. was was great. Phil Mickelson, uh, three off the lead, which is a complete insult to every American golf fan <laughs> after his performance at the Ryder Cup. We'll jump into it next. And speaking about Ryder Cup, final thoughts on the Ryder Cup and uh, where do they go from here? And this follow. is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit tailormadegolf.ca to switch today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino Weeks in studio as we... Bring you GTC Radio, not going anywhere. Golf Talk Canada Radio staying with you right through to the end of the year. Uh, we just wrapped up our TV season with our one-hour Ryder Cup wrap-up special. And, Bob, the fallout of what has transpired since the Ryder Cup uh, is is almost soap opera-like. Um, what do you find more surprising? The horrible play from, on paper, the best team in Ryder Cup history. On paper, they had the highest average world ranking per member. I think it was 11 point something was the mean. What's more shocking, that that team gets totally run over. Not that they lose. Anything can happen. It's golf. you got to play the shots. And the Europeans are a quality squad with quality players on home soil. But getting run over or the fallout, what's more surprising to you? Uh... Getting run over was more surprising. The fallout is more embarrassing yeah. to me, I think. Like, the fallout, I never expected it. I, I thought it was going to be close. As did I. Actually, if, if you had said to me after the President's Cup last year that the Americans were going to lose, I would have taken your money. Right. And if you had said they're going to lose badly, I would have taken even more of your money. I never thought it was going to happen that way. And I thought the U.S. would win, actually. But, I mean, who expected Tiger Woods to fall off like he did and go over? Who expected Dustin Johnson, you know, to play as poorly as he did? Uh, world's number one. Who expected Phil Mickelson to go out in foursomes? Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, these strange questions. But mm-hmm. they're all, with the exception of, of putting Mickelson out in foursomes, they're all kind of, man, it's just a bad week. And we all had a bad week together kind of uh, thing, right? Uh, there was a few decisions that Jim, and I, I'm, a, by the way, big Jim Furyk fan. Yeah, I too. know you are too. Uh, not just as a player and what he's done in the game, but as a human being. I think he's a really great guy. However, that being said, uh, the uh, Mickelson foursome was a head scratcher. Mm-hmm. There were a couple other decisions in there that I was scratching my head at as well. One of which was why we waited so long to see Kepka DJ. Mm-hmm. It took till Saturday afternoon to see Kepka DJ, which I was like, okay, this is a natural pairing, and we haven't seen that. And I thought at some point we would see Spieth and Reed again, uh, even though I thought Justin and Jordan played really well together, and right. I understand that. And then, of course, after this happened, we find out that there was more. I wasn't the only one, and I'm sure there was other people out there asking where Reed and Spieth 
where Reed was asking that question. Reed went nuts. And I love what Jamie Rydell sent to you and I via email. Patrick Reed better qualify for every yeah, right. national U.S. Uh, inter, uh, national team moving forward, whether it be Ryder Cup or President's Cup, because he's just eliminated himself from the captain's pick process. It does, you know... This, despite the harshness of his comments, and, and they're, let's face it, we're not really shocked by what he said because it's Patrick Reed. And, and for Patrick Reed, they're pretty, they're pretty common. Cough, yeah. uh, you know, soft and common. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. You kind of wonder, um, sometimes they kind of maybe make sense. And is there this kind of club within the club that's doing all the back padding and scratching and, and you know, the wink-wink and stuff, and you play with Justin and don't worry about Patrick, we'll take care of him. But, but I, you know, I, I kind of sit there and think that Jim Furyk, Plays a hunch, figures out, you know, Patrick and Tiger might work out together. And listen, Patrick simply didn't play better. And that's the answer to every question in golf is two words, play better. That's right. You've know, you got to hit more if, fairways. you got to yeah, hit greens. If Tiger and Patrick had, had gone two and two or three and one, Nobody would have batted tonight. They would have said, wow, what a, great, what a great move by Jim Furyk. The other thing, too, is if you are Captain America and you are the answer to Europe that what Ian Poulter brings to Europe, you're that answer for Team America, then why, Patrick, were you unable? Like, the one day on his own ball, he couldn't break 80. Mm-hmm. You're you're supposed to be the fireplug. Tiger Woods looked like a lethargic zombie. He looked just absolutely dead to the world. Right. Why were you not able to light a firecracker up Tiger's rear yeah. and get something out of Woods? We didn't see one bit of emotion out of almost the entire team, including Tiger Woods. We saw a fist pump from Tiger Woods finally with the eagle singles. on the singles on Sunday. That's the first I went, oh, Tiger's awake. Who woke up Tiger, right? Yeah, like exactly. It, so, although I do agree, here I guess here's what I agree with. I agree with the fact that, you know, Reed thinks that there's maybe a bit of a, a, an old boys club going on, and some people have you know more of a say than others. Okay, maybe he has something there. Here's what I disagree: do it man to man in the dressing room. You should. If you had a problem with the, the pairings, he never once went to Spieth or Furyk before Saturday and said, "Hey, let's shake these up. Let's play together." Instead, he waited to Monday and did it in a public forum. That's my first problem. Second problem: you couldn't wake up Tiger. You couldn't take the job that you had assigned to you. You failed with it, regardless if it was questionable or not. And at the end of the day, you hit it sideways. You know, I, maybe weeks weeks Eno takes you out. <laughs> the thing is, to me is also an act like this post event. Mm. Why do you think people don't want to play with you? Right. You know, there you go. You're just putting ammunition in right. the barrel. And the Americans, and I won't blame all of it on Reed because the Americans seem to have this. I don't know what it is. They just air out their public laundry. Yeah. The Europeans, when they lose, they keep it in the room. They go and have a couple of beers and they settle it that way. And these guys just cannot. I mean, now Phil Mickelson's come out and talked about how the course crash in the course setup, right? Because because you, you had to put it in the fairway, Phil. Right. You yeah. know what? Guess what? When when we were at Hazelton, and you had home side advantage, they took all the rough out. I mean, like there was no rough on the golf course. Yeah, they speeded up the greens to help Team USA. It's now Europe's turn to do the way they want. They slowed down the greens and they brought in the fairways to 15 yards and grew up to hey, that's the captain's job, Phil. I like this line from Phil. He says, I'm 48. I'm not going to play tournaments with rough like that anymore. I said, okay, well, I guess we won't see you at the U.S. Open. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you Thank, you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. You know what? For a lot of this, to, 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 to follow up on your point quickly here as, as we got to wind this one up, but on how they air it 
in, in everything in the public, always a laundry on the Monday public. It's it's a to me it's almost a cultural thing now, Bob. It's like and I have a ton of friends in the US. I have family in the US. I am not an American basher. I am pro America. I cheer for America in the Ryder Cup. I have an American working visa. I work for an American company outside of what I do in Golf Talk Canada. So I'm not an American basher. So please don't take this the wrong way. This is the Kardashian culture. Yeah, this is right. Kim Kardashian. Everything is on social media. Everything is aired out in the public. All you got to do is tune into CNN or Fox News and see like the circus that yeah. is the daily culture of what is happening in the USA. And and this to me is just another component of that. Is yeah. that nothing is kept private anymore. Nothing is discussed inside the walls of a team room or in the bedroom of a marriage or in the walls of the Capitol. Right. Like nothing is contained to where it's supposed to be now. It's all out there in Team Kardashian land. And until they figure that crap out, this thing ain't going on the right. Thing. Yeah, I agree. 100%. All right, well, that's good. That was a nice little speech there. (laughs) (laughs) We are very lucky here at Golf Talk Canada to be surrounded by wonderful sponsors, uh, all of which uh, are are getting on board and and back in 2019. And and we're also going to have the opportunity to welcome a few new sponsors and people that we've worked with in the past. And one of them is Tourism Ireland. And as you know, Bob, it's it's probably my favorite place in the world to go play golf. I, I love playing golf in Ireland, whether it's the north or the south. To me, there's nothing like golf in the Irish links. Uh, have you? Uh, you've played? I've no? never been there. Okay, nope. so you have to go. Yeah, you. It's a must for you. I know you're going to go, go next year. Yeah, uh, and be and experience the Open Championship. Maybe you should bring your clubs and squeeze out a couple days there. Be nice. There. Now we don't have to come back right back for the Canadian Open. Right, and now uh, we have some people on board here, Golf Talk Canada, that can help you. Ah. Can help you with a few <laughs> arrangements. It's good to have uh, some uh, that's right. Uh, so we're very happy to welcome uh, Tourism Ireland in 2019. I had the opportunity to speak with Alison Metcalf, who's the Vice President of North America for Tourism Ireland. And I spoke to her about all things Irish golf, as well as my most recent trip there with my wife's uh, very special uh, 29th birthday that we celebrated again. We will hear from Alison Metcalf next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to switch today. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including CartTech, MotoCaddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino Weeks in studio. Earlier this week, I had an opportunity to speak with Allison Metcalf. She is the vice president of tourism for North America for Tourism Ireland. And we are very pleased to welcome Tourism Ireland to the Golf Talk Canada family in 2019. All the members of the Golf Talk Canada team will be venturing over to Ireland at some point in 2019, whether it be for the Open Championship or Golf Holiday. We're going to be doing some great content with Tourism Ireland, and we're excited to do that alongside our friends and family at Golf Away Tours. So had the opportunity to speak to Allison. Let's hear from the Vice President of Tourism Ireland. Joining me now is the Vice President of Tourism Ireland for North America and Australia, uh, a lady who's been with the show before uh, a couple of years ago now. It's been a while, but Allison, 
uh, Metcalf joining us now. Allison, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with us. We are so excited to be with Tourism Ireland and the relationship for 2019. I am never shy to say how Ireland is my favorite place in the world to play golf. So talking about Irish golf and, and what it offers is pretty easy for this guy to get excited about. Oh, that's great to hear, and it's, it's great to be back with you, Mark. I, I got to tell you, because uh, my wife uh, recently celebrated uh, a very uh, a very big milestone birthday, which I won't say over the air because I'll get in trouble for, so I won't tell you what her what birthday it was. But she is from Irish descent, Allison, and uh, I wanted to bring her to Ireland because she has never been there before. And it's the first time I went to Ireland without my golf clubs. And I got to tell you, I had so much fun. We spent six days in Ireland, three days in Killarney doing the Ring of Kerry, and three days in Dublin. And I couldn't believe how much there is to do and see without your golf clubs in Ireland. <laughs> well, that, that's where I think it's wonderful because Ireland does offer that complete package, as, you, as you've seen, uh, for the golfer and the non-golfer. Um, so it has all of the ingredients. You know, great golf, great things to do and see, great food. And you have a lot of fun along the way. And I'm sure you're going to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I, I, I got to tell you, my favorite part of the trip, I have two highlights of the trip. And don't get me wrong, we did a lot of great things. Uh, we saw, you know, Muckross House. We spent time in the National Park down, you know, in Killarney Way. Uh, Trinity College was something special. Grafton Street, my wife had a beautiful time, a fun time there. She's a shopper, so Grafton Street she loved. But for me and her, our two uh, favorite highlights were uh, the Cliffs of Kerry, uh, which was the highlight of us doing the Ring of Kerry, and the Guinness Warehouse Tour. We were just blown away by the Guinness Warehouse Tour. And, and the thing I found interesting about that is, you know, I've always enjoyed a Guinness over the years and, and have a relationship with the brand. My wife does not. She's never had a Guinness before in her life, but she enjoyed the tour, loved seeing the history, loved touring the building. And I was so surprised that she enjoyed it as much as she did. And I think that, that says a lot to people who are thinking of going over there, that that's maybe some a highlight they need to check out. Absolutely, and Guinness doesn't taste any better than it does in Ireland. And as you said, at the Guinness Storehouse, you have the, the Gravity Bar, which is the, uh, one of the t highest bars in Ireland. So you get to see, you know, drink Guinness, but you also get a tremendous view over the, the city of Dublin. Um, but I think to your point, I mean, um, whether you're in Dublin or whether you're in Killarney or whether you're up in Northern Ireland, uh, with combining um, Golf with great things to do and see is easy to do, um, and if you're traveling with non-golfers, there's something for everybody. Um, and driving around the island of Ireland in um, proximity between golf courses and attractions uh, is relatively easy. You, you can base yourself in a regional location and, and have clusters of lots of things to do and see. So um, it's a very um, easy destination to navigate and um, has lots of lots, so much to do and see that there's something to satisfy everybody's needs. Now, next year I am headed back with my golf clubs. We, you know, we're going to have a Golf Talk Canada a, a trip uh, over to Ireland in, in August, and this time we're heading back to the north. It's been a few years since I've been to the north. Obviously, Royal County Down is there, and which is you know quite often ranked the number one golf course in the world, and it's some of the best links golf on the planet. Uh, but but uh, you know the big highlight I, I'm assuming for 2019 is that the Open Championship is, is back after, well, I guess, over 50 years and only for the second time ever outside of Britain, uh, England, and Scotland, back to Northern Ireland, this time the Royal Portrush after a, a big uh, renovation. i got to assume that everyone in Ireland is geared up and excited towards this. 
Absolutely. We, we're really excited about it. Um, uh, the 148th Open returns to Port Rush, as you said, and it was last held there in 1951, so 68 years since it's been there. So there's huge interest, and, and, and Royal Port Rush is located on a most spectacular coastline, so it's along the Causeway coastal route. Um, so, again, if you're planning to head to the Open Championship or you're simply going to watch it on television, and great, you're going to get great ideas and inspiration for, for planning your own golfing trip, but also just planning a trip along the uh, magnificent uh, Causeway coastal route. Uh, Port Rush is, is very close to the old Bushmills Whiskey Distillery, um, the World Heritage Site, uh, the Giant's Causeway, Dunluce Castle, lots of things to do and see. And, of course, uh, Royal Port Rush is where many of the um, some of our Irish golfers who have won majors, uh, Rory McIlroy, Gray McDowell, uh, would call uh, um, you know, Port Rush his home course. Um, this is what you can go and see or you can see on television where those Irish golfers really honed their skills. Spectacular course. Uh, a huge amount of investment has been put in now through the RNA, and uh, they're really gearing up for, I think, a record attendance at, uh, at the Open for 2019. Well, I know a bunch of our listeners already are attending. In fact, my uh, producer, Adam Scully, who does Golf Talk Canada TV and radio, uh, he's going over with the group, and, and they're attending the Open and have planned a whole golf trip and, and, and a whole Open experience around this. I've been to the Giant Causeway. I've been to the Bushmills uh, Distillery. I highly suggest anybody going over to do that, uh, certainly get, uh, do some other things, and I recommend both of those. Uh, Allison, just a curiosity, because when, when I describe the difference between, you know, I've been a lot to the southwest to play golf. I've been to the north once before. Uh, I, I describe them uh, both as you know, incredible links experience, but I, uh, with the exception of maybe uh, Ardglass, which has some very dramatic cliffside holes early in the round, uh, I like to describe them as world-class links golf experiences. Uh, the North may be more traditional in terms of what people have, might have expected if they love Scotland and, and, and England. And the Southwest, extremely dramatic in the vistas, the cliffs, the heights that you get above the ocean. Is, is that an accurate description? Yeah, I think it is an accurate description. Uh, and obviously, um, you know, Royal Port Rush is, is a traditional golf course, and, uh, but it, it, it too has incredibly dramatic scenery. Um, and just along that coast, I mean, like the coast is contoured uh, for Lynx Golf. You've got Port Stewart Golf Club, which hosted the Irish Open on the European Tour a couple of years ago. Um, you've also got Castle Rock. And then some of the, if you, if you go to the far sort of northwesterly corner of, uh, of the island, so if you go to places like Ballyliffin and County Donegal on the Inishowen Peninsula, um, wild, rugged um, golf course hosted the Irish Open this year. Fantastic. And some of the best value in Irish golf is in the, the northwest, particularly in Donegal and Sligo and places. So places like Rosa Penna, places like Ballyliffin, places like uh, Enniscrone. Um, losses point, offering incredibly good value. And these are courses that perhaps um, have not, not as well known, but are becoming increasingly well known. And we find that a lot of golfers that want to go back to Ireland, I mean, they may have done the southwest before, they want to do Northern Ireland, where you've clearly got the championship courses of Royal County Down and Royal Port Rush. But then as you move along that causeway coast into the north, northwest and, and down, um, down towards Gal Galway and um, 
there's some hidden gems there, and, and I think that's what people would like to explore. You mentioned Art Glass. Um, that was one of the first links courses I played. It's a shorter course, but it's a stunning course and, and tremendous views of Dundrum Bay there. And again, if, if people are coming up from Dublin, they can do Baltray, they can go up to Art Glass, and then also do Royal County Downs. So you've got um, a good number of golf courses within very discrete geographical areas, so you don't have to be traveling every single day, which is often important to people. Allison, before we let you go, just a couple of quick things. I, w I want to ask you about uh, what people say their biggest surprises after leaving Ireland, and you know, because everybody has an expectation or maybe some preconditioned thoughts before they arrive, and then they usually always find a surprise or something they weren't expecting. And I'm just curious in your mind what that is. But before you let me know that, I want to let you know I drove from Dublin over to Killarney, and I stopped at Adair Manor, and I haven't been to Adair Manor in uh, seven to eight years, possibly even ten years. And I was unaware of the giant renovation that Adair Manor has gone through, uh, that they actually shut down, renovated the golf course, expanded the manor, built the clubhouse. I was absolutely blown away with uh, just the five-star quality of every aspect of that property. And I heard rumors, and I've spoken to some people, some friends of mine at the European Tour and the PGA of America, that uh, they might be hosting a Ryder Cup in 2026. I, I think it's a, a definitely a possibility. And uh, like you, I, I visited there just a couple of weeks ago. They have done a stunning job to the property, but to the course. Um, it is, it, it's like Augusta in Ireland from my, from my perspective. In fact, I had to actually touch the grass. It was so perfect. Um, <laughs> uh, they've watered it all summer because they've had a very good, very hot summer in Ireland. But no, I mean, I, there's, you mentioned the Dermans, a five-star property. You've got Dromoland, you've got Ashford Castle. I think that's, again, a surprise for some people in Ireland is the fact that the, the quality of the luxury uh, accommodation experience is there. But back to what's the biggest surprise, uh, Mark, I think it's the food. I think when people plan a trip to Ireland, they, they, they're going for great history and heritage, and they think there's going to be fantastic scenery. They know the people will be friendly, um, and there'll be a good 19th hole if you're a golfer. So, and that's, I think, the, the point of differentiation for Ireland. I mean, the crack is mighty, as they say, and for your listeners, that is the Gaelic word, C-R-A-I-C, simply means fun and good time. But it's the food. I think when people go to Ireland, they think, ah, oh, it'll, be, it'll be okay. But if you're a foodie, Ireland really is a foodie destination. But just generally speaking, wherever you travel around the island, um, it's not all about Michelin-style restaurants, although we have 16 of those. The, the, um, the food problems, the, lo the use of local ingredients, the foraging aspect, the fresh ingredients, whether you're eating in a pub, a bed and breakfast, a guest house or a hotel, um, the food experience is, is really uh, what surprises people most. And I, I've often heard people talking about that when I've been sitting in departure lounges to fly back to, to Toronto or New York or wherever I've been going. That is the one thing that they're really surprised about. So anybody listening out there, please tell your friends because we still, uh, still need to shift perception around that. Allison, thank you so much uh, for your time today, and thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, uh, get on board with Golf Talk Canada and uh, for television and radio for 2019. We're excited to uh, create some content and uh, spread the word uh, that uh, many Canadians already know. Uh, if they're a, a listener of Golf Talk Canada or a viewer of Golf Talk Canada, they already know that Ireland's my favorite place in the world to play golf. So uh, we're excited about uh, the next 12 to, to 15 months, and uh Looking forward to it. So I'm sure we'll do this again maybe in the spring uh, when the uh, Canadian golf season kind of returns to coast to coast. Let's, let's uh, get an update on everything that is Irish golf and Irish tourism. Fantastic. Thank you. Happy to do that.
And there she is, Alison Metcalf, VP of Tourism for Tourism Ireland, North America and Australia. Welcome to the family, uh, Golf uh, Tourism Ireland. On the other side, six of eight Canadians make the cut. Safeway Open. Who do Bob and I like to win first out of those Canadians? And who are we most excited to see moving forward? We'll talk it next. This is GTC. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, was brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Kart Tech, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up hour one, as Adam Scully would like to refer to it as the front nine of the show. <laughs> That's right. For those of you listening online and in certain markets, including Toronto and Hamilton, we got 60 more minutes of GTC coming up. For the rest of the country who doesn't get the full two hours, you can tune in on the iHeartRadio app or tsn.ca or just call your station and complain. That's what I would do. <laughs> Bob, six of eight Canadians make the cut. You know, I, I just got to say, before we even get into this, I am so happy that golf's back. I missed it, Bob. Yeah, I know. The PG. Those. Those two-day off-seasons or three days without golf was just, like, <laughs> crazy. I said that to a couple people today. I said, yeah, someone said to me, I bumped into somebody, oh, you must be elated that uh, you get some time off now. The season's done. And I go, yeah, it kicks off on Thursday. They yeah. go, what? I had to explain to them once again. Thursday's opening day. Opening day, baby. <laughs> opening day. The boys are back from spring training. Opening day is Thursday. <laughs> uh, six of eight Canadians get off to a great start making the cut. Uh, Adam Hadwin and Corey Connors, uh, the two Canadians, didn't not make it uh, to the weekend. Uh, you posed the question, um, who are you most excited to see and who do you think will win first? For me, it might be the same guy. But I'll let, let you go first. Uh, who's going to win first? I still think it's going to be Adam Hadwin, even though he had a rough uh, mm-hmm. starty rough shot. Start. 77 in his first round of the year with two doubles and a triple. Um, I still think he's the best when he is playing the best. He did not obviously have a good, very good weekend. He was putting was in the opening round was strokes game putting was minus 2.9. So he turned it around in the second round. So he got things straightened out. But I think he's, I still think he's the best when he's playing best. I think the guy I'm most interested to see is actually someone who's a little under the radar, Roger Sloan. So he played PJ Tour in 2015. And he admitted to me last week that he kind of tried to make some changes. He, and we had him on the radio show Mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. He tried to do little things like hit the ball a little higher and hit the ball a little further. And he says, now I know that my game right now, as it is, is good enough to play on the PGA Tour. I don't have to do anything except go out and play golf, trust it. And he says, I'll know the courses a little bit better. I'll know what to expect. I know where to sign in. Mm-hmm. I know there's daycare now, <laughs> he right. said. All those kind of things, I think, make it a little more comfortable. So I, th- I think he's got uh, enough game that it should be interesting to see what he does. I certainly like that attitude. You know me, Bob. I, I am a big uh, fan of dance with who brought you to the ball, right? Uh, you've played your entire life successful at multiple levels of, of, of the world of golf. 
to get to this position. Right. And now you're going to blow it up and change it again? You know, that's part of the reason why, you know, I've been so critical on Tiger over the years. I don't think there was ever a need to change his physique dramatically, change his golf swing dramatically, never mind do it four times, right? You know, he won the U.S. Open by 15 shots and then reinvented the wheel. He won the Masters by 12 shots with his original golf swing and then, you know, had to go and change it. So I, I that drives me nuts when I hear that. So when I hear a Roger Sloan say, no, things are good enough. You know, it doesn't mean I can't work hard. It doesn't mean I can't improve. Sure. But overhauls, this makes no sense to right. me. So I like that. Uh, for me, and I don't disagree with you, that uh, Adam Hadwin uh, is is still probably our best player in the world. And certainly the official world golf rankings suggest that. Male player in the world. Um I'm also a big Nick Taylor fan. I think Nick's going to have a good comeback here. I'm a big fan of Nick's. I think he's got a good comeback here. The one I'm most interested to see and the one I think might win first is the same person. I think Adam Svensson might might shock a lot of people just because of his, again, attitude, his approach to this thing. I go out, I hit it, I make a bunch of birdies, I add them up. And we see where it lands. And I think if he can take the approach that he's taken to the game of golf since he was a junior, right onto the the biggest stage of them all, the PGA Tour, if he can keep that attitude, hit it, find it, hit it again. That's that's a he's you know, it's dangerous when you have a guy that has that much freedom emotionally when he approaches the game of golf. He's almost like he's um I don't mean this in a mean way, but he's almost his naivety is almost one of his strengths. That's I, he, that's what I'm trying know? to say, right? Like to him this is not that big of a deal in a way. You Find know? the ball, play it. He just loves to get to the next shot. That's that's what I'm saying. So that that exuberant kind of, hey, it's just golf, and I've done this for a long time, and I can't wait to just go play. That will free you up as a player yep. at any level. That's right. At any level, you know, to your weekend warrior that's you know going out to play, <laughs> yeah, that's right. you know, play his big match against his buddy, or if you're in your club championship, or wherever you are, if you can treat it that way, it's funny because you hear players say, "When I started to care less, yeah, I started to play." Better. How many times when you go out to play a game of golf and you think, "Oh, you know, you stop thinking about it, you stop trying, it does, you yeah. play better." Well, I got one question for our listening audience: How many four footers for seven? Have you missed? <laughs> when you don't care, there you go. All right, that does it for hour one. On the other side, Scully time. And I think Scully's probably going to have some final thoughts on the Ryder Cup, I'm assuming. Yes. And uh, we're going to hear from Phil Mickelson with uh, my good friend and colleague, Dennis Paulson. Brant Snedeker, who's got the lead at the Safeway. We'll hear from Sneds. We'll do leaderboard updates from all the world of golf. And then, of course, our favorite segment and Bob's favorite, three-dub winners, weird and what, will kick off the backside of Golf Talk Canada. We've wrapped up the TV season. We will be back on Golf Talk Canada television in December for our year-in-review special. But Golf Talk Canada radio goes nowhere. We stay with you for 50, 50 to 52 weeks of the year, depending on that World Junior schedule, which I haven't seen yet. We'll be getting that shortly. But Golf Talk Canada radio going nowhere. And we're here throughout the season, including 60 more minutes. So stick with us. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you so much for listening. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back. Golf Talk Canada, hour two. Lots to get to. We still haven't touched really on the Safeway Open leaderboard. We'll hear from the leaders there, include the chaser, Phil Mickelson, Scully time. But it's winners, we want three to three dub. And Bob, you have the teaser. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. Look, it went further than your ball. All right, Mark. My uh, my winner this week is something we've already touched on, but I wanted to quantify it a little bit better, which is the record number of Canadians in the Safeway Open. And that first word is the key there, record. So when I saw that there were eight Canadians in there, I reached out to uh, some of the folks at PGA Tour and uh, asked them to if they could find out if this was the most ever that we've had in a PGA Tour event. And outside the Canadian Open. Outside the RBC Canadian yep. Open, the Air Canada Championship. Ah. And in 1937, there was a tournament called the General Brock Open at Lookout Point in Fonthill. That was a PGA Tour event, and there was a few more in that one. But as far as anywhere outside Canada, this is a record. So the most we've ever had in one tournament, which I think speaks volumes to probably the development program that we've got and the depth of players we've got. Um, you know, there's been some comments lately on social media about how the uh, PJ Tour Canada is not developing a lot of young Canadians because it was all Americans this year, basically, yeah. in the top grouping. grouping. But um, I think that this shows that uh, we're probably still on the right path, and there's some good ones coming up. I, I think you're 100% right. I think this is proof in the pudding, what you're looking at right here this week at the Safeway Open. And you know what we got to do uh, between now and next Saturday? We've got I'm curious in terms of other countries, in terms of quantity, mm-hmm. where we fall outside of the U.S. with the, is obviously the, the biggest one. But measuring something like Australia. Yeah, measuring against Australia, England, Ireland, etc. Where China. do we fall in line with uh, most PG Tour cards yeah, for this year? I bet you we're pretty close to second, if not second, with that, that well, many cards. Well, certainly you include uh, Graham Dilletton there, and of course he's on the shelf with the bad back. After having some surgery, that's nine that we have. That's right nine, there. and I'm wondering. I'm wondering, guys. Just off the top of my head, I can't tell you nine Australians with cards. I can tell you four or five. I can't tell you nine Englishmen with cards. If you gave me Ireland and England and Scotland together, I can give you nine. Maybe, maybe. we gotta look into this. All right, I might be onto something. <laughs> my weird mark. I've been waiting to tell you about this story because yes. it's a good one. No, you've been, so this you've been takes going, us, just smirking since you walked <laughs> this, in at 7.30 this morning. This takes us to Fairfield, Connecticut. And I'm going to read the story here as it was. A Stilson Road woman was arrested Thursday night after she allegedly assaulted her boyfriend at their home. Patricia Iodice, 45, was charged with third-degree assault and a violation of a protective order. And the reason, according to this report... The victim, which is her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. he was outside, he was mowing the lawn, and he got a call from a buddy. And the buddy said, hey, you want to go and play golf? So Iodice, uh, this is the woman who got charged, was asking him afterwards, who are you talking to? And she became very upset when she found out that it was a buddy asking him to play golf and that she was not invited to play golf. Ah. So what did she do? 
She punched him right in the face twice. <laughs> Knocked him down to the ground. Cops were called, and she was held in lieu of a $25,000 bond. She was scheduled to appear in the Superior Court in Bridgeport, uh, Connecticut. Well, that's good. All I know is this, Bob. If she's good enough to give him a few blows to the head and knock him to the ground, she's welcome to play, but she's playing the back tees. But listen- she is playing the back tees. <laughs> now, has that ever happened to you and Mrs. Golf Talk no, Canada? She no, ever laid one out no, on never, your jaw when, never. when you don't invite her to play golf? No, not at all. Not, she can't wait to see me leave to go play golf. <laughs> yeah, Are you kidding me? Right. She might threaten to hit me if I stay home. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, my what this week is, what a party it must have been after the Euros won oh, the Ryder Cup because uh, Terrell Hatton was uh, at the Dunhill Links and he commented afterwards how... When he was asked, you know, did you have a good time? And this is the quote he said. Those parties are good fun. Sunday night was messy. I got back to my room at 4 in the morning. And then, always a sign of a good night, is when you fall asleep next to the toilet. Apparently. <laughs> apparently in the Hatton family, a good night is when you wake up beside the toilet. Yeah. I didn't realize this was I the standard. Say, I must say I have spent a night like that, but not in a long time. We've all been there. <laughs> Mark, the tea is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, my winner this week, Bob, and you and I have commented many times on Bernard Longer uh, beating Father Time. And, you know, someone else who seemed to have beaten Father Time to a lesser degree because he's dealt with back issues for the majority of his career is Fred Couples, who uh, made his 500th cut this week. It, it, he is suggesting that this will be his last start on the regular tour, the Safeway Open, uh, outside, the outside of the Masters, which I'm not 100% sure I buy this yet, because here is Freddie at 59 years old, Bob. He is six under par, right in the middle of this golf tournament at T24, sorry, uh, seven under par, excuse me, shot six under yesterday, 65. He's seven under, T24, 70, oh, 73.65. Like, he looks like he belongs. He just still hits it so good. And, uh, you know, 59 years old to be doing this is just absolutely incredible. And the reason I suggest to you that I'm not 100% sold is he still uh, pops up once in a while at Riviera, where he's yeah. had major success. And would it shock you? That if in February he showed up at Riviera again, not a hundred percent. No, that's where I've always seen him. It's... Yeah, you know, <laughs> so good for Freddie to be to be able to just the level of consistency. And I I would suggest this to you, Bob, that if he didn't deal with the back issues that he dealt with his entire life, and he actually got to play at full capacity for all those years. Can you imagine what his record would look? Can you imagine, you know, maybe, probably looking at three or four majors, maybe another 10 to 12 victories, 15 victories on the PGA Tour. Like, his back, he was suffering from back problems back in the 80s. Uh, just of note, in the first round, his longest drive was 318 yards. 318 at, at age 59. There you go. Just one of the purest, I would say, Along with Ernie Els, the two guys I like to watch growing up as a kid hit the golf ball more often and just grow, just love to to this day that tempo, the rhythm, liquid looks, honey, yeah, so natural that you want to learn how to hit a golf ball, you want to see what transition looks like. Look at Fred oh. Couples. My weird this week, Adam. That was for you. If you want to know what transition looks like, watch Fred Couples. All right, there, yeah. <laughs> He's giving us the the (laughs) behind-the-glass transition move. My weird this week, to go back to what we were talking about earlier with the fallout of the U.S. Ryder Cup team, uh, on the...
It was either the Monday or Tuesday, immediately following uh, Ryder Cup this week, we get the story that Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka, who are best buddies, absolute best buddies, uh, get into almost on their way to the uh, on the way to the European Ryder Cup room, almost come to blows. The argument, to yeah, they had to be separated. That the argument was so heated that they had to be physically separated that there was almost blows. And then a day and a half later, Brooks Kepka. In, in, in his presser, comes out and says he has no idea what they're talking about. They're, they're great buddies. They just got off the phone. There, there was no such argument. A, Bob, what's the truth here? Where does this come from? How does that story just leak? A bunch of news outlets jump on it. It's mm-hmm. not like it was reported by one news outlet. There were suggestions that uh, Paulina was there when it went down, and she was present, da da da. And now all of a sudden, complete denial. Yes, it's absolutely weird. It's bizarre. Thus, it's my weird this week. But what's the truth? No, maybe they're you know maybe Brooks is just trying to shut it down. They've Brooks and and DJ have the same agent. Uh, you know, I wonder if sometimes maybe Brooks is feeling like he's a little left in the shadow, even though he's got the major the back so to like, back, like Rory and Lee Westwood with Chubby Chandler a few year, years ago. I'm not sure, but it's a somewhere in the middle lies the truth, as always. Well, if there, yeah, and if there is truth to this, and it did happen, man, you know, Dustin Johnson is so good when his closet doesn't have any skeletons in yeah, it, right? Great. When his personal life is under control, you see what he does. He goes to Kapalua and destroys the field and wins by a 1,000, right? It's been a rough few months for DJ, uh, and if we've known about it for several months, then you know it's been going on for longer than yeah. that. Uh, and you can see when when life off the golf course is not as as, as clean as it should be, uh, it, his play turns the other way. So I can only hope that over this winter that DJ gets things back on track so that we can see the Dustin Johnson that is world number one and, and can be a dominating force. Agreed. My what this week, Bob, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Golf Digest released the top nine things. Uh, top nine pieces of bad information that you should never hear or give on a golf course. Some of them are really weird. I won't do all nine, but some of them are bizarre. I suggest you uh, check this out. I'll give you the top three because I love number three. Because, as you know, I go to my lob wedge maybe a little bit more often than I should. (laughs) I am a zero handicap, however. So considering, though, that this is the world of golf, the number three thing you should never tell your buddy on the golf course Oh, just take a wedge and flop it like Phil. <laughs> that's right? what you that's, told me. That's right. That's what that, you told that me. That should day. actually, in my mind, be number one. <laughs> yeah. Number one piece of advice you just don't give to your buddy: take a lob wedge and flop uh. it like Phil. That is just a skull, a screaming skull, <laughs> waiting to happen. The other one, number two, was oh, you're taking, you're not taking the putter straight back. And I guess. Yeah, that one's a little gray because, you know, straight back, straight through. You've heard that a million times. But in reality, you know, the putting stroke is like any other stroke in golf. There's a slight slight arc to it, right? It is slightly rounded. And number one is you're overthinking it. In other words, yeah, well. <laughs> you know, what are you suggesting that I stop to think on the golf course? And there's other ones in there, too. But you should check it out because there's ones like you're hitting, you know, you're swinging too hard. Blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. yeah. But my favorite is number three. Oh, just pick out the lob wedge and flop it like Phil. <laughs> That's I've seen people lose their lives. Right? Yeah. Robert Arms, a good friend of yep. mine, who's celebrating a birthday this weekend. So a happy early birthday happy to Robert. Thanksgiving turkey And birthday. happy gobble gobble. Uh, when he's struggling with his wedge play, and he's a member down at Lake Nona in, 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 the, in the winter, and they have a lovely, lovely practice range. This is a great story. One winter, he was really struggling with his wedge play to the point where he was bumping hybrids from everywhere because the thought yeah. of taking out 
you know, his lob wedge or his sand wedge and trying to make like a, a positive move at the golf ball was just, it was hosling, skull, right, it was right. horrible, right? So you would call the practice area the killing fields. <laughs> right. So, of course, he's down at Lake Nona. And back in those days, Ernie Els was a member there. Or for, the, for that matter, Ernie might still be a member there. I don't know if he spends as much time there. But, but Ernie was a, a real member of the Lake Nona community. So Robert's out there on the short game range. And he's practicing lob wedge off tight lie and sandwich off tight lie. And who pulls up in his golf cart with his bag of practice balls is Ernie Els. Goes to the other side of the range. And Ernie starts uh, short game area and starts bumping shots. Robert's got his lob wedge. Chunk. Thin stops and goes back to his bag, gets his hybrid and starts bumping shots. He says, All I can see right now is the headline Ernie L's dead, yeah. killing fields, <laughs> skulled lob, lob way. <laughs> he said, That's Did you it. You have to yell four on the practice. <laughs> yeah, he said, There's no way I'm taking down Ernie L's. I oh, thought, boy. Brilliant, brilliant <laughs> story. So, oh, there you have it. All right, on the other side, we'll take a look at the Safeway Open. We'll hear from Phil Mickelson, leader Brant Snedeker. This is Golf Talk Canada. <laughs> This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Don't wait to play one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Pay $500 towards your 2019 membership and play the rest of 2018 for free. Visit cedarbraygolfclub.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to GTC. The 2018-2019 PGA Tour season has kicked off. Woo! <laughs> the Safeway Open. Lovely part of the world. Napa Valley. Absolutely love the Napa Valley. Brent Snedeker is your leader at 1300 par after rounds of 66 and 65. Ryan Moore. Phil Mickelson and Michael Thompson in a log jam for second at 10 under. The name that surprising anyway here, Bob. Phil Mickelson, 65-69. Are you shocked at those numbers from Phil after what we saw in Paris? I mean, considering he arrived back in Napa and declared himself absolutely, completely exhausted. And then he said, don't pick me in your pool this week. And then he goes out and makes a bunch of birdies. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think everybody's surprised. I think Phil's surprised. I think Phil's surprised, too. He had an opportunity to speak with my colleague from PGA Tour Radio, Dennis Paulson. Let's hear from Lefty. Phil, I was more concerned about the turnaround than the golf today, but uh, got off to a solid start this morning. Short turnaround. Yeah, I, I uh, birdie the first. I ended up having three bogeys there on the front, but played a good back nine, which was the front. Uh, shot four under to kind of salvage the round. It... Uh, I'm surprised. I'm hitting a lot of good shots. It's uh, I didn't expect that. And what I am doing well is putting. Like, I can putt, and uh, I'm making some nice putts. That's the thing. I mean, your reads are really spot on. You're paying attention and holding on to that, even the long ones, for a long, long time. Yeah, and I've, I grew up on Poana Green, so I feel comfortable with these. But more than that, um, I'm really solid on the short ones, which uh, I've been working on in the last three years or so. It's been a nice turnaround. But uh, to get on these greens, they're not a gimme. You know, they're not easy, but I'm hitting them so solid. I've made a lot of them, not throwing shots away, and um, I'm surprised to be where I'm at. 
certainly one of the best putters of Poana Greens in the, really in the history of the game. I guess you probably put Tiger up there. There's a few more West Coast boys you probably put up there as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, Bob, with a golf course with barely any rough – uh, that allows Phil to kind of hit it a little bit all over the ballpark. If he's feeling confident in his putter, as long as he doesn't get exhausted, maybe he hangs around at the end of the week. Yeah, I mean, it's a good golf course. I was there a couple years ago for this tournament, and it's uh, it's very nice, well laid out, but there, you know, you can get away with being a little errant off the tee, as, as Phil, we know, has been, but you still have to putt well. Obviously, he's doing that. Um, it was, it's, I mean, it's strange, but it's nice to see. Uh, speaking of good putters and speaking of strange, and I didn't realize because I didn't hear the radio broadcast yesterday, just saw a bit of the golf on TV, and then you mentioned, I mentioned this to you off the air, and you, you brought it up that they were actually talking about this on the PG Tour radio broadcast. Brant Snedeker, uh, who's always had a bit of a pop putting stroke, it's always been his style, one of the best putters in the game, especially when he has it going. I, I noticed yesterday an even more pronounced pop. It was it was an exaggerated pop stroke. I mentioned to you, and you said to me that you heard them talking about it on the broadcast. Well, they, they, they talked about how good he is as a pop thing, and as pop putter, and he was sort of, this was right in his bailiwick, and they were sort of said that in the afternoon with the POA, of course, it starts mm-hmm. to grow, and that's when you get the little heads that come up, pop up and stuff, and they said he was giving it a little bit more of a oomph to it. So I don't know if he was just hitting the ball harder or if he was consciously popping it or what was going on but whatever he was doing it was working well certainly when the poana grows up in, in the afternoon and those and those heads of poana do pop up you do need speed you ain't lagging them into the hole they ain't they ain't crawling in the the front edge and falling into darkness they go in with some confidence or they don't go in at all brad snedeker 66 65 had an opportunity to speak with golf channel brant you open with the 66 on thursday one better today with the 65 how would you compare the two rounds Pretty similar, you know. I played pretty solid golf all the way around. You know, it played really two poor shots all day today. I was able to skip and down in one hole and dig up and down the other hole. So, uh, you know, had a great group. We had a fun time out there. Freddie kind of keeps everybody relaxed, and part part of the reason why I played so well the first two days was playing with him. The putter's been rolling beautifully through two days. When yep. you get locked in like that, what's it like when you're standing over the ball? It's fun. You know, you're just trying to get started online. If you can start online, you know, you have a chance. My speed's been great for two days. These greens can get get away from you if you're not paying attention. I've done a good job of making sure my speed controls. Uh, uh, where it should be, and then um, I've been seeing the lines really well. So, you know, Poana and me seem to get along really, really well, so I, I kind of enjoy the challenge, these things that they create, and hopefully can keep doing it over the weekend. Well, good luck to Brad. It'll be a popular victory. He's a popular player. Uh, still a long way to go here, and we do have Canadians within shouting distance. We will do leaderboards later on in the show, but uh, Mackenzie Hughes, 7-under, Bob. Nick Taylor, 6-under. Adam Svensson, 6-under. Roger Sloan, 5-under. Those are the Canadians that are within striking distance. Yeah, and just sorry to to go back to uh, Snedeker. Of course, he had sort of an injury-plagued season at the start of last year. Missed a whole bunch of cuts in his comeback, but in the last few weeks, so he wins he wins Wyndham, shoots fifty nine. Remember fifty nine. Mm-hmm. So his rounds, the worst round he shot in his last uh, twelve rounds is a seventy two. Wow. So now actually, with that's not even including the two from uh, from this the at the start here. So he's right. on a real hot streak. Only. Um, Broken up by a little couple of weeks for our week off from the Ryder Cup. So, well, I got playing t- some good golf. Well, I'll tell you too, uh, great putters when they're actually th- feeling in their own mind that they're putting great. That's a scary combination because the rest of us we always think they're great putters, but they go through highs and lows like yeah. everybody else. But when a great putter tells you I'm putting great, man, that thing looks like a bathtub. He's also a fast putter. I love that. Like he gets up, stands behind the ball, boom. Kind of like that in his whole demeanor on the golf course. Yeah, I love that. Even the way he talks. Yeah. 
Well, Nick Price always said that, too. Nick Price had always that fast cadence. And Price always said, well, you don't want to change your demeanor. Right. You want to be who you are comfortably naturally on the golf course. So if I'm a fast talker or a fast walker or a fast mover, I'm not going to get inside the ropes and all of a sudden try to force to slow myself down, right? So I've always believed in that. Maybe that's my problem with putting, Bob. Maybe i got to be quicker with my putting. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's right. Well, it wasn't too bad with us at Bayview. No, you were, was, you I mean, were that, reasonable. That, that hockey. You didn't really have any yeah, hockey hybrid, I call yeah, it. Yeah, and I didn't have a yip. Didn't have a yip, and you yep. didn't have any really bad like three putts. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't anything where you had to turn away and like put a mask over your head or something. Right. There was nothing exactly. like that. Exactly. So, on the other side, uh, we will take a look at uh, Scully time. Mm. I think Scully wants to talk Ryder Cup. I think that's where he's he, he's chomping at the bit on some Ryder Cup. He's got some feelings, and maybe he's uh, maybe he's putting his name in the hat for uh, Ryder Cup captain. Nothing more than feelings. That's it. I don't know. Maybe he'll throw his name into the ring for Ryder Cup captain. Adam Scully, possibly. (laughs) This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Don't wait to play one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Pay $500 towards your 2019 membership and play the rest of 2018 for free. Visit cedarbraygolfclub.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Weeks Zacchino in studio, welcoming now for the final 30 minutes, master producer, co-host, what, are you getting ready there for the fight or something? Yeah. What you going to do, brother? Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> I did miss the WWE Super Show this morning, Adam Scully. Wow. 5 a.m., the Super Show what? from Down Under in Australia. Oh. They're in Australia in front of uh, 70,000 people at some, uh, like, rugby or wow. Australian rules stadium. And they had the show live on the WWE Network. And uh, wow. but it came on at five a.m. So now speaking of exercise, aren't you seeing that you're a trainer today? Is that uh, is that happening today or yes. is that yesterday? No, today. That's today. Yeah. All right, now yeah. are you ready? Next. <laughs> <laughs> nice, David. Next right. question, because that was stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh, trainers and and things of this nature. Oh boy. Um, who, who's going to train this uh, U.S. Ryder Cup team back to health? Uh, right, and oh, what? And wow. I got to ask you because. Like, for me, I'm with Bob. The way they got beaten by a ton was more surprising because Bob called it narrow. I called it narrow. Mm -hmm. But what's more embarrassing, I I agree with Bob, what's more embarrassing is how they've handled it and what's happened afterwards. Are, are, Are you... More surprise, more embarrassed. Like, where do you fall on that? Yeah, Bob brought up a great point earlier in the show saying, you know, when the Europeans lose, you know, it's it's with class. You yes. know, Danny Willett had a hilarious comment uh, when he was awful at, at the Ryder Cup last year. I won't say what he said because I can't say it on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, th- they're never airing their dirty laundry, you know, to the press. And, you know, you look at Phil in, in 14. You look at, uh, you know, obviously read what happened this past year and everything else that's gone on. There's always that saying: you win with class, you lose with class, mm-hmm. and uh, and the states just haven't done that. Obviously, it was shocking what went on 
And even like Phil, of all people, you know, he's 48 years old and coming out, what, three days after the fact saying the course was unplayable? Yeah. Like, come on. Well, like, grow up. A that's just Phil whining about rough, whining about having to put the ball in the fairway. And like Bob said earlier, well, if you're no longer going to play courses with that setup, I guess we won't see you at the U.S. Open this year. And for <laughs> that matter, Bob, we won't see you at the PGA Championship at Bethpage either. Yeah. Ain't gonna and, be no treat. and listen, if you're hitting an iron off the tee and you put it in the water and you're hitting an iron off the tee on a par three and you're putting it in the water, I mean... Like, don't start complaining about yeah. narrow fairways because it doesn't matter. My weird this week on television was Phil Mickelson doing the scissor karate kid kick over Zach Johnson's head with the flexibility of a 25-year-old at 48. And what's weird about it was that he can't hit the fairway with a four iron right. off the tee. On right? a par that five. On a par five. Mm-hmm. So don't, you know, don't get me uh, to, to going on all that. The question for me, guys, is, you know, where do they go from here? And for me... And I, I, I mentioned to... Whistling uh, straights, don't they? Well, that, oh, yeah, sorry, thank you, sorry. Bob. Yeah. But I mentioned this to you on, on uh, television, Bob. And for me, it's an energy thing. This is going to sound sure. funny, but it's a real energy thing for me. It's that, the, yes, they're both playing with a lot of pressure. Yes, this means a lot to both sides. Maybe it means more to the Europeans. Maybe. I'm not so 100% sold on that one yet, but maybe it does. I'll give them that. I'll say, okay, it does. But it doesn't mean it doesn't mean a lot to the Americans. It's the type of energy and the type of importance. To me, Europe embraces the pressure, embraces the opportunity. There's something joyous and celebratory about the atmosphere of Team Europe, whether they win, whether they lose, whether they're at home, whether they're on the road. And with Team USA, especially on the road, although it's not much different at home, but I think a little bit more over-exaggerated on the road, it's it's like a painful process. It's almost like they're going to war together as opposed to uh, having this joyous celebration together or this wonderful opportunity in front of them. It's like they're trying to swallow glass for three days. <laughs> Which is completely opposite to what they do at the President's Cup, wow. right? Okay, crazy. so do you guys feel the same way? Am I describing something that, like, do you are you relating to what I'm saying? For sure. And if you do, then how do you get the President's Cup room in the Ryder Cup room? And is the answer very simple, which I said six years ago. The answer should be Fred Couples. Mm, and he's yeah. never been given the nod as a Ryder Cup captain because of the pissing match between the PGA of America and the PGA Tour, which is once you're a captain of one, well, we don't make you a captain of the other, right? No one actually comes out and says that, but you almost know it's there. Well, Fred, you're President's Cup captain. So you know what? You go do that, and we'll go down this way. Is it that simple? But if it goes that way, you would think that Steve Stricker is the guy who's going to be the captain at Whistling Straits, and he was the captain... Uh, in Jersey City at, uh, at right. the President's Cup. Right. So, you, so maybe you they've wonder, turned a leaf on that. Yeah, but you wonder captaincy-wise, they, they made a bold move in 14 when they made Tom Watson the captain for the second time, really out of nowhere, and right. that was a debacle. So you wonder if they're going to keep on this you know, this pattern of, you know, he had Furyk and he had Davis Love the Third, and obviously Phil's probably going to be at Bethpage in four years now. Um you know, are they going to stick to that plan, or are they going to go off off script? And maybe a Freddie, or you know, maybe someone completely random off. off the and, and is sixty three? He'll be sixty three years old when we get to Rome. Is that too old to captain a Ryder Cup team? Are you too out of touch with the main tour, Bob? Because I know the the recent plan has to, with the exception of Watson, that yeah. went sideways. 
the recent plan is uh, in the last you know two decades or so was to you know after the Palmer Nicholas era of captain captaining teams, mm-hmm. it's always been we want a veteran, we want a guy you know in his early fifties kind of thing who's still in touch with the regular tour, like a Furyk. I think Furyk's 48, 49 mm-hmm. years old. 48. He's still in touch with the tour. Is 63 too old to be captaining a Ryder Cup team in Rome for Fred Couples? I, th- I don't think so. I mean, but I, I, I don't see it happening only because Here I, do think, I. I think they've got this progression sort of mapped out. Mm-hmm. I think it's more a question of what, the, what that pers- particular captain does. And if you look at what Thomas Bjorn did, was he said, I'm not going to have any meaningless meetings all the time. I'm just going to let these guys. There was less pressure on his guys. He just sort of let them have fun and be teammates and fool around in the party room and yeah. <laughs> do that, as opposed to when you hear, you know, the, uh, the the other guys are having meetings after everything in there. Maybe they're just overthinking it. Maybe they're overdoing it. Maybe just relax a little bit and, and have just, some fun. You yeah. know, and at the end of the day, it's just golf, right? I'm sure know? they do yeah. have a lot of fun, but you're right. At the end of the day, it's golf. And as I yeah. said earlier in the show, the answer to everything in golf is two words, play better. You know, there's yeah. a chance here, guys, this is lining up for Phil Mickelson captaincy in 2022 in Rome. There's a chance that goes down. And if that goes down, I think I think it's an absolute disaster. <laughs> I love Phil. I absolutely love Phil. But he is one of the greatest overthinkers in the history of, of mankind. Mm-hmm. And people think that Phil has made those horrible decisions over the years, giving away majors, giving away championships with, uh, with horrible decisions because, because he's not thinking. Right. And I would argue that he's making those horrible decisions off the golf course because he's overthinking, mm-hmm. overanalyzed, overconfident on things. And if you spend any time talking to Phil, which I know you have, it's pretty easy <laughs> it's to, right. to get that. Phil's right. got an opinion on everything. Yeah. And Phil will give you the reason why he's got it. It'll take you four days to get to the reason why he has that opinion. Yeah. Part of the reason why the media loves him. Because all you got to do is say, good morning, Phil. And 30 minutes later, you've got gold. Right? Because yeah. he just that's keeps right. getting it. And, and to me, that's the last thing that a captain needs to do right now, to your point. Overanalyze, overthink, over me, and and Phil Mickels. If there's any guy on on the planet that that screams, overthink, overanalyzes, it's Phil Mickelson. Well, and, and speaking of of analyzing, we've seen a lot of social media play with the Reed family, uh, given his mother in law, <laughs> his his wife. Like in in this, like stay off Twitter. Yeah, like is like stay. You know, be, it's as simple as that. Your your husband, your you know, Pat, Patrick Reed didn't play well. Right. Going out and and blaming this, blaming that, and then people in the team room are saying, "No, it's it's you know he wanted to play with Tiger. That's all nonsense. What's being reported? Just a very strange fallout from the Ryder Cup, I'd say." There seems to be eleven people who are uh, judging things that happen one way in Patrick Reed, another way. Yeah, right. Well, like Phil was quoted uh, yesterday or uh, Thursday after his opening round at Safeway, saying that you know the the, the camaraderie in the team room was the best we've ever seen. Or yeah. one of the best. Still saying, yeah. You still that. So, I, like, what actually went on? Here's what we need: we need John Daly as oh, the yeah. captain. That's it. With Fuzzy, Fuzzy Zeller as his assistant. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's been... that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> or, or you go polar opposite and make Johnny Miller the captain or something. Yes. Oh. Yeah. The Brandel Shambly is the <laughs> second. Oh yeah, they'll really run through a wall for those guys. Un- <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, quickly, guys, just before we wrap up this segment and, and go. Uh, and go to uh, do some leaderboard updates in our final segment today on today's show. Get people caught up with what's happening at the Dunhill Cup as well with two big names sitting on mm-hmm. top there at the, over in Europe. I love the Dunhill Cup, by the way. Kings, Barnes, oh, yeah. Carnoustie, St. Andrews. I think it's, Not bad. it's just wonderful. Um, this, this year, we went straight from the Tour Championship at, right to the Ryder Cup. 
listen, both teams had to do this. But there's not a doubt in my mind that Tiger will look like a zombie. And instead of it being an emotional uh, lift, a spiritual lift for Team USA, Tiger looked like he didn't want to be there. It looked like it was a, the Ryder Cup was really an emotional letdown mm-hmm. for Tiger. Uh, next year is a President's Cup year. We're going to have a lot of time between the Tour Championship. Uh, we'll be handed out on August 24th. The FedEx Cup will wrap out on wrap up on August 24th, and the President's Cup is until December wow. down down in Australia. Um, I am praying to God that we have at least something like a 30-day period, that the Ryder Cup stays where it always stays, which is the end of September, beginning of October. And the Ryder Cup stays there. That's like a five, six-week transition between the Tour Championship and the Ryder Cup. I think that's a great thing for, for sure. golf. 100%. You guys hoping we see the same kind of thing like that? Yeah, it just, just I think it's just all a lot better when there's a little bit more of a separation, when the guys are a little more rested, when there's a little bit more planning. You know, I think it just makes it so much it better. It seemed too much all at once. And it's an event that can hold its own no matter what, right? You're always going to watch. The, it's like a major. You're always going to watch the Ryder Cup, so it doesn't matter if there's a lead-in or anything no. like that to it. In fact, to me, it almost took away a little bit from it, Adam, in the sense that we were still talking about Tiger. It was Wednesday. It, well, you know what's a perfect example? Our show. Our preview <laughs> show, right? 60-minute Ryder Cup preview show that aired on Wednesday. The first 30 minutes were hijacked by Tiger Woods. And right Rightfully so, for sure. but that's I guess that's my point. Yeah, it, you know, all the players seem maybe a little out of gas, and 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 for the viewer, it's you know, there's there's so much good golf to watch week in week in you know week in week out. You almost need a break to you know, you know to to rest up for these bigger bigger events, and and yeah, as you said, Bob, the Ryder Cup can take on a take on its own because it's just like one of the greatest, if not the best event to watch. It's big enough, and there's certain events that then that transcend the sport. Mm -hmm. The Masters on an annual basis is always one of them, and the Ryder Cup, I think, biannually is kind of almost reached that standpoint where people tune in to see uh, the spectacle. Really. Collapse. Yeah. Uh, all right. On the other side, speaking of Ryder Cup, speaking of Europe, there are a lot of great Europeans on top of the Alford uh, Dunhill Lynx Championship, which is a great event, a great golf uh, experience over the old course, St. Andrews, Carnoustie, and Kingsbarn. We'll get you caught up on that leaderboard, uh, as well as other leaderboards in the world of golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada Week. Scully Zucchino as we wrap up today's show. Golf Talk Canada is going nowhere. Uh, Golf Talk Canada radio, radio stays with you throughout the season. We've got some great specials coming up. Uh, three-part year-in-review special. Uh, just so much more to do. Of course, a Tiger Phil weekend. They'll be playing that match over American Thanksgiving. And, of course, Festivus. Let's not forget uh, Festivus. We highlight of the year. Yep. Highlight of the year where we will air the grievances and uh, maybe touch on some feats of strength. Let's do some leaderboard updates from the world of golf. Safeway Open, Brant Snedeker. He has a three-shot lead over Ryan Moore, Phil Mickelson, and Michael Thompson. All at 10 under par, three back with 36 hole to go. 
tw- uh, Kevin Tway in there at nine under par with Sepp Straka, Sunji M, Adam Shank is uh, that what a horrible uh, golf name by the way Shank. He's playing <laughs> with Ryan. Yep. Yeah, playing with. Was <laughs> gonna say. And Jason Duffy. Uh, yeah. That's it. Five back at the Safeway Open. Thirty six to go. And of course, a few Canadians in striking distance. Uh, good luck to all of them. The six of the eight made the cut. Well done, boys. Uh, PGA Tour Latino America is playing in Mexico, San Luis Potosi. And Eric Steger, Chase, Chase Hanna, and Michael Butacavoli are tied atop the lead at nine under par. They are all American boys. Top Canadian, four under, Bradford Curran from Halifax, Nova Scotia. On the European Tour, the Alfred Dunhill Links Championship third round currently in progress. A couple of Ryder Cuppers uh, picking up right where they left off. Terrell Hatton, 14 under with a one-shot lead. He's in the clubhouse actually over Tommy Fleetwood who has uh, five holes to go. Brooks Kepka, 8 under through 12 holes today. He is four shots off the lead. Yeah, I love the golf courses. Carnoustie, oh. Old Course, Kings Barn. If you ever go, like, you do a St. Andrews golf trip, yeah. you all three of those are always on the St. Andrews golf trip. Oh. That's awesome. Go. Haven't done that yet. Oh, you got to do it. Well, talk to TJ. He'll set you up there. It's great, too, because the one thing that golf trip has that other European golf ventures typically don't have, you stay in the town of St. Andrews for a week. You don't move. So you don't Mm. do, like, the two, three nights and then move. Yeah. Yeah. You stay right there, probably off the 17th hole in the Old Course Hotel. You spend a week there. You play the four-court. You play Jubilee, New, Old, Castle at uh, St. Andrews. Mm -hmm. Carnoustie, Kings Barnes. That's six, and you can do one more. You can make the drive down to Murfield. It's a little bit of a hike, or you can play the Dukes or something right. else. But it's so cool. What an experience, town of St. Andrews. On the LPGA Tour, uh, it is the UL uh, International Crown. This is an international competition. Pool A right now. Uh, England leading Korea 7-6. That is your first and second place. And Pool B, USA, six points, two points ahead of Team Sweden. And unfortunately, uh Play today halted uh, due to typhoon concerns. Wow. Big, big weather problems. Wow. Big, big weather issues. problems. So we'll see if this uh, gets back on track tomorrow. Hopefully everyone is safe and they get this in and everyone is uh, has a shelter. And there was one more leaderboard update. Uh, team Weeksino beating Team Recoil. <laughs> Was yes. it one up or uh, no? We, uh, we we conceded that birdie. It was uh, it was a two up win. Two for, up win. For you guys. We were yeah. One up on seventeen. Yeah, I, I birdied seventeen. No, no, Bob. Hard it. Bob. Parted. <laughs> Sorry, I birdied sixteen. <laughs> Bob parted. Yes. yes. Uh, sorry. We won like the last. Bob went on a tear, won yeah. three holes yeah. in a row. I did. Right? Yes, you did. In the middle of the round, Bob went on a tear, okay. won, uh, won three holes in a row. Then we held on for dear life. Then I birdied 16. Bob was the only one to hit the green on 17, yes. one with par. On camera. And then we and then I won 18. That's right. I'm still crying just thinking about it. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was a dominating uh, ham and eggs uh, masterpiece. I, well, it was back and forth. No, the TSN turning point, I must say, before we go on. Yes. Uh, time. The, time. <laughs> the, the eight pull-up babies, a par three, 163 yards was playing that day. Team uh, Team Recoil is up two, carried by Nick, yes. who was playing great hey, golf. Hey, yes. And, and I, I was basically Patrick Reed just on the side. I, I throw a dart to about two feet right behind mm-hmm. the hole. And that putt for birdie to go yes. three up through eight does yes. not touch the yeah, hole. Yeah, you put your Mark Zucchino yep on that. That one. was that was yeah. a poor. Didn't effort. even touch the hole. Yeah, uh, and then yeah. that's when Bob. And then you guys won three straight after Bo- that. Bob won three straight. Yeah, Bob won nine, ten, and eleven. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Bob won nine, ten, and eleven. Yeah, we held on for dear life, and then we hit the Jets starting on sixteen. But I, I must say, playing golf uh, in the GTA in in the fall, it's it might be my favorite time you're gonna play. I think. I think 
golfing anywhere in the fall is great. Yeah, you know, the, the court, you know, baby is in great shape and, yeah. and you know, you have a couple layers on. And yeah, I know the weather and... wasn't great this week, mm-hmm. but I had a wonderful week of golf, and I've been taking some time off. I really haven't played much since I, right. went, to, since I went to Ireland with Heather. I really yeah. didn't play much. My golf game is lost in the wilderness. It's awful right now. Hoping it'll come back soon. It was good enough to beat us, though. But, but, <laughs> I, I, but I enjoy I played Beacon Hall. Nice. Yeah. Uh, with my good friend Hugh Brown. Thank you, Hugh, if you're listening. Uh, and uh, I got to tell you, like, I always say when you get to that level, there's like I say, you, you can't do the, like the ranking to rank this one better than that right. one. But when you get to the level of Beacon Hall and the Nash and this mm-hmm. and that, I'm like, just they're as good as it gets. It is so beautiful, Beacon Hall. The colors changing. What a tremendous golf course. They've opened up new black T decks on four or five holes. Wow. Maybe tremendous. I mean, like, it is Awesome, especially you, that sixteenth hole. Sixteenth hole, oh so it's unreal. Yeah, uh, it was two forty-five par three into the wind that day uphill. Just, a, just, just a stiff three iron. Yeah. yeah. Then the next day, a pleasure of playing Bayview, which is one of my favorites with you guys. Had an absolute blast that day. Thank you, Adam. Absolutely. And then uh, the following day, I got to go out with my friends at Golf Ontario and uh, and TaylorMade, and we played at the Toronto Ladies. And mm. I got to play again with Nick. A nice golf course. Uh, not in the group with Nick. I got to play in a group that uh, was myself and Mike Kelly. Perfect. And, and yep. uh, Dave Hempstead and David Brown. Wow. Yeah, David Hempstead and David Brown. That's a group right yeah, there. Yeah, so wow. we had an absolute blast. And thank you to everyone at the Toronto Ladies yeah. as well for hosting us. Awesome. Great. So I had a very good week. And next week I am off to Niagara to shoot episode two of Off the Hustle, the golf show that still no one has seen yet. <laughs> but you are going to I, see I have it. seen the pilot, and it was excellent. Thank you. Yes. You're going to see it next year, 2019. Uh, somewhere. Somewhere. Well, it'll be in the Bell family in Canada. Ooh. And I think uh, I think we're going to land. I don't know 100% yet, but I think we're landing with Amazon <sighs> in the U.S. Oh, boy. Which I saw That's for the first cool. time. I was in D.C. for uh, back a couple weeks ago, remember, with Congressional. Yep. And I actually saw Amazon Prime for the first time. I oh, never yeah, saw it before. It looks yeah. like Netflix. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, very thing. cool. Yeah. Anyway. Very good. Uh, more to come on all this stuff. More Golf Talk Canada to go. Guys, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Bob, enjoy your weekend. Adam, enjoy yours. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving you to Happy you Turkey, and your everybody. family. Yes. Happy gobble, Thanksgiving gobble. to our listeners. Don't stuff it in there too much, but enjoy some pie and some turkey and whatever it is you do with your family. Safe holiday. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Remember, first good decision on the golf course. It always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.ca.